You're listening to episode number 97 of the Self-Care Sunday podcast, a minimalist media project by Kaylee Reed. New episodes are released only on Self-Care Sundays, and today's episode is about six ways to overcome holiday anxiety and why saving is self-care. So it's currently Cyber Weekend as I'm recording this, and this week has felt so overwhelming on social media that I wanted to make this episode about ways to practice self-care during the holidays and beyond, primarily dealing with the bombardment of sales during this time of year, which personally I found especially overwhelming in 2020. This expectation of over-consumerism and the anxiety and guilt that I think a lot of us are facing when it comes to money right now. So set aside the fact that Christmas spending can be stressful, we're also in the midst of a global pandemic, at least if you're listening to this presently in 2020. And so I feel like this year is extra anxiety-inducing, almost claustrophobic feeling. Logging onto socials, there's not just the regular Black Friday and Christmas sales taking over your feed. There's also this massive push to shop local, support artists, independent designers, your friends' businesses, and over everything, I think the more local shopping we can do, the better. The more we can put money in the pockets of people we love and admire versus the pockets of Jeff Bezos and Amazon shareholders, the better. But even then, I've even felt partial guilt of not being able to buy from all of my favorite small shops and keeping up with the sales. And so this episode was born out of my own self-care this weekend and knowing I'm likely not the only one who needs to hear these reminders. So here's six ways to overcome holiday anxiety and save money this season. So number one is to disconnect. I physically had to disconnect this weekend, and given that being on Instagram and TikTok is a key part of my job, it isn't easy to do so, but when you feel crowded, like you can't escape this push of content and sales and news, I find I need to create boundaries for myself from social media and really give my mind and my eyes a break and time to breathe away from everything. So this is like my first defense that goes up when I'm feeling overwhelmed, but again, given my job and the nature of social isolation and only being able to connect with friends and colleagues online, this obviously isn't a sustainable solution. Most of us can't just log off, throw our phones to the wind, and live peacefully in our current situations. And if your job is not dependent on the internet and socials and you could do that, all the power to you and wow, am I jealous. Number two is to set boundaries and be intentional with the time that you do spend on social media. So for those of us who can't disconnect entirely forever, My advice is to simply be more intentional with the time that you do spend on socials and set boundaries and have a purpose with the time that you're spending on these apps. So for example, set a boundary of 30 minutes of scrolling a day. You could do 10 in the morning, 10 at lunch, and 10 at night. 
and then have a purpose anytime outside of that when you are logging on to these apps. So for example, my purpose for going on Instagram this week was to post collaboration photos and answer DMs, which I have to do as part of my job, but I wasn't just going on to mindlessly spend time there. I was always going on with a purpose and an action of something that I had to do if I was logging onto Instagram, for example. Another tip here is to be mindful about which apps you're spending your time on. So I personally find Instagram to be flooded with ads lately, especially this time of year. It's like every single content creator's post is an ad, um, brands are spending extra dollars for ads, and less meaningful content on the whole is on my Instagram feed. And so I generally just dislike spending time on Instagram scrolling, versus on TikTok, which is a platform that brings me more joy. I find the content funnier and more relatable, and there's way less ads and pressure to buy than I find there is on Instagram. So this week when I was trying to escape some of the Black Friday noise, I found myself opening TikTok more frequently and consciously spending time on TikTok over Instagram, consciously avoiding Instagram as a go-to app if I am going to do any mindless scrolling. Number three is conscious consumerism. So this is the idea that you are very mindful about the act of purchasing. So maybe you're conscious of where the products are made, by whom, and any ethical or environmental questions around that production. But beyond that, it's about consciously consuming less in general. And this term stems from living in a consumer capitalist society where we are really encouraged to overspend and overshop and shop for things that we don't need and be mindless about these actions. We go to school to get good jobs that pay us well so that we can live in nice houses and drive nice cars and buy nice things and then post about them online and with every coming season, there is newer nice things and trendy things and influencers and celebrities launching new products and merch and collabs and with every paycheck comes the decision of where to spend that money on. Obviously, the basics are important. Your bills, rent, credit card, and savings should come first. But after that, we're faced with this decision of do I buy this new sweater or do I splurge on this new chair or do I buy art from a friend or buy a gift card to a restaurant that I love that's going under because of COVID? And I think a lot of the time our decisions around shopping are somewhat on a whim or swayed by sales and markdowns and Instagram ads and whatever we see or feel in the moment. So my advice is to know what you want and or need and consciously look for deals on those things, being a conscious consumer. So make intentional purchasing decisions instead of just browsing for hours and buying things that look cute in the moment or that are on a crazy deal. So for example, on my Black Friday wish list was two things, a blender and an electric kettle. 
the Smeg brand, actually, to be very specific. And neither of those things was on sale basically anywhere during Black Friday, which I was somewhat surprised, but also not because Smeg is just like a very coveted brand right now. So after seeing that, I decided to do one other home purchase, which was actually from West Elm, whom I love for their fair trade collections. And I ended up getting some table linens from my dining room, which I've wanted for a while. And that's it. And then I logged off. I was so tempted to spend hours and hours browsing. And I will admit, I did a little late night browsing one night that I couldn't sleep. But then I realized that everything that was on sale was things that I didn't really need or even really wanted. And so I think the best test for conscious consumerism during a sale season is to ask yourself this question. Would I buy this if it wasn't on sale? Would I still be excited about this if I was paying full price for it? Usually the answer to that question is enough to tell you whether or not you should actually make that purchase. Number four is more of a fun self-care thing, but it's to gift yourself a milk frother. Yes, I'm seriously making this its own point. So I bought a milk frother this year for I think $15 and it is in my top three purchases of 2020. You may or may not know I'm a bit of a coffee addict and I love Starbucks or really like any gourmet latte like Second Cup or a local coffee shop. I just love lattes so much. So having this at home has definitely, one, helped me save some money but two, also just been like a fun self-care thing that makes me feel more happy at home. So I hate this cliche that if millennials just stop spending money on lattes and avocado toast, we'd be wealthier, but I literally just did the math. And if I spent $6 a day on a latte and then cut that in half after buying this milk frother, I've probably saved $1,000 a year, which is kind of crazy. Like that's a brand new desk that I've been wanting. So it definitely even so on the money side. And it's just such a nice self-care thing to wake up and make a cute latte and drink a latte while reading or listening to music or listening to this podcast on self-care Sunday and not needing to leave the house in order to get a latte. Number five is to clean, organize, decorate, and donate. So I am not the most organized person in my home life. I tend to let things get a little bit cluttered, whether it's PR boxes or an overflowing closet, just because I prioritize working on my work life more than I prioritize working on myself or my home, which I know sounds wrong given the title of this podcast, but in reflection, it's been something that I've struggled with ever since university. I have just always poured myself into whatever projects or things I'm working on and prioritize that and don't do the same for the environment that I'm in, which this year has become more of a priority because of the lockdowns and basically when you work and live and hang out 24-7 in the same space, you better do what you can to make that space the most conducive to working and relaxing. 
and just making it a space that makes you feel happy in general. So I think I do a good job of that in general, but just when it comes to like consistently cleaning and organizing, I just always put it off because I'm the type of person that will work like 12 hour days. So I'll like wake up at nine, you know, do my latte, work basically all day. And then by the time it's night, I like just am making food or ordering food. And then I'm so exhausted from working all day that I, that I want to go to bed and I don't have, I don't make time, I guess, during the day to like make organizing and cleaning just a regular part of my everyday. And so usually it falls on self-care Sunday for me. Um, or, you know, once every two weeks that I'm doing like a big deep dive clean and then like organizing things in my life. So in terms of Black Friday, the way that I disconnected this weekend was by cleaning my house. And that served a few purposes. One, to distract me from socials and all of the sales. And two, to remind me of everything that I already have, things I want to get rid of, and what I actually want and need so that I could be more conscious with purchases after the fact. And so I did a deep clean, organized and rearranged some things and started getting more things together so that I can sell them on Facebook Marketplace or donate them. I think we often don't realize all the stuff that we have that builds up and so doing a purge and minimizing those non-essentials or things that you don't use anymore or don't love anymore not only helps your mindset in your environment, but also can grant you some extra cash. So just from selling like a sweater and a jacket that I never wear on Facebook Marketplace, I made like a hundred bucks last week. So now today I'm going through some home stuff and starting that process. And I'm basically going to be listing stuff on Facebook Marketplace that I don't use. And if it doesn't sell, within a few days or a week, I will likely just donate it. And so really, like, if you're looking to make some extra money over the holidays, I feel like this is a really great way to go um, because you're getting rid of stuff you don't need and also, like, people are e-transferring you usually before they pick up the item or you're getting cash. Um, And it's just really, like, simple and easy, I think, uh, especially if you have, like, kind of nice things in your house, but you're just over that aesthetic or um, maybe you're looking to upgrade certain things like people are always interested in buying secondhand and so my tips would be to take good pictures in natural light don't over edit them write detailed descriptions and price things reasonably Um, if you're looking to save on some decorations or even gifts I think Facebook Marketplace can also be a great place to look without breaking the bank since so many people sell new items even there at reduced cost just to get rid of them, whether they received it for a gift and they didn't like it or whatever the issue is. Um, So that can also be a great way to save money and kind of like buy secondhand for Christmas gifts as well. But I didn't just want to make this point about selling things because there's a lot of really important organizations like shelters and food banks that are struggling because of COVID and have an increased need because of COVID. Um, When you look at the unemployment rates and poverty rates that are only increasing because of this global pandemic, Uh, If you do have nice items that maybe you don't want to sell or you don't need the extra money, um, consider looking at local shelters in your area or food banks who will receive these items and 
be really grateful for them. Um, I would look to those local organizations versus something like a value village, which are actually for-profit companies and they do mark things up a lot in order to make money off of them and pay their employees, which is fine. I don't have anything against Value Village. I shop there too. Um, but if you're looking to make donations, I think it's just good to keep in mind that there are local shelters that will actually give these things to people that really need them versus marking them up 10 times in order to also make a profit off of them. Number six and the final point that I want to share today is to repurpose items and this again plays into both the self-care and the saving aspects of this episode and I'll start by saying I honestly don't do a lot of repurposing in my own life because I never think to or I don't have the time to DIY something or I find it just easier to recycle or get rid of it most of the time. But as I was cleaning my house this weekend, I realized I have a lot of empty candles in nice glass jars that were just sitting essentially waiting to be tossed out or repurposed. And so I posted a story on Instagram asking you guys your advice on what to do with these old candle jars and I'm going to share some of your responses. So first things first, Shay.Shay said the best way to clean out old candles is to put them in hot water in a sink, let the glass heat up, and she said you should really easily be able to pop out the wax with like a butter knife after a few minutes. So I have yet to try this, but this is actually on my list for my self-care Sunday activities today. I'll let you guys know how it goes. Nikki Tai suggested using old candles as planters, and actually a lot of you suggested this, and I've never thought of this before, but I think it's such a cute idea to put like little succulents or cactus in there, so I'm definitely going to do this. I have a little succulent right now that's just in a basic little white planter, and I'm going to try this out with this candle jar that I have. Morgo Wallace and again many others suggested reusing them as organizers for things like bobby pins or hair elastics. Kelsey Schroeder suggested using them to hold makeup brushes or lipsticks. Mickey Twist suggested using glass jars as drinking glasses. Natalie Ovix suggested filling them with fairy lights, which I think would look really cute for holiday decor. And Sarah Eliz suggested using them as tea light holders depending on the size. You could also refill them with wax and a wick if you wanted to get creative, which I love that idea, but I feel like almost too amateur for that at this point. Um, and I don't really know where you'd get wax and wicks. Michaels, maybe? I might explore that option later. Um, but as you can tell, the great thing about repurposing items in your home is you're giving them another life while also saving money on items that you might have spent money on otherwise. And maybe to kill two birds with one stone, you could repurpose items like this for Christmas gifts or to resell if you don't need them or want them in your own home. And it's another great example of how you can save, make extra coin, and not give Amazon your dollars this Christmas. And even beyond that financial well-being aspect of all of this, I think doing crafty things like repurposing or painting or anything artsy or creative like that, especially things that are hands-on and take you off of a screen, 
are actually really good for your mental health as well and can be those activities that help distract you from scrolling on Instagram for hours or from being overwhelmed because of work or sales or money or whatever it is. And so for that reason too, I love this idea of spending time to repurpose these things that you might not use anymore because it just is an activity that you can connect with yourself and listen to great music or listen to a podcast and just like chill out a good like self-care Sunday thing. So that's all for today's episode. I really just wanted to share a few things that have helped me or have been part of my self-care over the past few days with the holiday season coming around, sales feeling like so everywhere, I guess, and needing to practice self-care a little bit more intentionally. Um, If you want to keep listening to episodes on financial well-being, I've talked about money and self-care a few times on the podcast before, such as episode 89 called Getting Paid is Self-Care, episode 44, which is self-care when you're broke AF, (laughs) and episode 31, talking taboos, money, and religion with my friend Dee Silky. So if you're interested in this topic, I recommend going back and listening to those episodes after this one. Until next time, happy self-care Sunday, everyone. 